High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Happy Halloween! <laughs> oh, hey, you're up! Thanks for crashing last night. I mean, you were in no position to drive. I saw you pounding those spike ciders like, well, like there was no tomorrow. But there is, of course. Hope you slept well. Why are you looking at me like that? You seemed really confused. Wait, you don't remember? No, 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 no. There was no ghost on Halloween. That was last year. No hauntings this year, I promise. Well, at least I hope. Maybe you drank too much spice cider, though. That's what I'm thinking. Well, let me bring you up to speed. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the Halloween party was at my place last night. And, you know, it's November 1st, a nice in-between time before Dia de los Muertos tomorrow, and seeing that you crashed here, well, do you mind, like, helping me clean up? Oh, and you should stick around for today's episode. Jordan Pullen-Clark and the godfather himself, Joey Lewandowski. Well, we talked a film from 2017 called Tragedy Girls. I think you're going to like it. It's a really fun one. Again, you seem confused. Are you not satisfied with your costume? I think it looks cool. I'm glad you're still wearing it. You kind of smell funky, though, but that's okay. Hmm... Oh, by the way, did you listen to last week's episode? Jennifer's body? I thought Island Addington really brought a nice perspective on that movie. And I've gotten some feedback. Some really good feedback. Maybe maybe some feedback where they disagreed, but everyone thought it was a really awesome episode. I mean, again, maybe we'll revisit it again. Maybe we won't. I don't know. It was an awesome time, and like I said, I can't wait to have her on again. I take it from that look that you didn't listen to last week's episode. Well, it's okay. You can listen to it on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I know. And on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. 
hey, while you're there, not on Cage Clips, I don't think that's possible, but on all those other places, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, wait, that doesn't exist, I keep doing that, Apple Podcast, why don't you give us a nice little five-star rating, or how about a review? All those things help the algorithm, so really, really appreciate it. so sorry I should have offered you some what am I chewing do you want to guess wait 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 that's not my show <laughs> though I helped create it but it's funny you should ask it's actually something that the foodie films man Kyle Reinfried picked out for us remember how he's been reviewing Halloween cereals the last couple of weeks well he finally picked a winner so let's roll the tape Kyle quick little segment today uh, just a reminder you know course listen to foodie films kyle's show on food films and you know i don't know everything in between i suppose but yeah i mean it started out as just reviewing food-centric movies but i got to meet a lot of uh, great people in the food industry so when i've had special episodes where i highlight their careers those are called first cuts and usually their uh their name uh after you know first cut colon pat lafrida uh, the latest one or no, this is now coming out. I'm sure there's another one since then. Uh, but yeah, there's been. I've had about seven of them so far. I think six or now, now probably like eight or something like that. But yeah, they're doing good. And you know, you've been here using your food acumen. Maybe something that some of those famous cooks and chefs have shown you <laughs> but your food knowledge to determine which cereal we'll be enjoying uh, today i mean because this is the november 1st episode of oh so i'm wait, i'm not just saying my favorite like it's me like i'm a deciding factor you're gonna pick what cereal that we'll be eating at this oh so this i can't just party. i can't no, no, just no, like, but pick it for no, me stop, no now I you're thinking to, too much no this. i'm not this is a responsibility no pick what your favorite is we want to eat Kyle's favorite. Well, Count Chocula. And why? Because it's chocolate. It's delicious. <laughs> and chocolate's amazing. Did you learn that at like a culinary institute that like... Chocolate is chocolate? <laughs> and, I, and I like it? So just to review, you picked Count Chocula over Captain Crunch Halloween Crunch, Booberry, Frankenberry, and Reese's Puffs. Bats. <laughs> <laughs> for me. But if I was going to pick one for the party, I would go with Captain Crunch. Okay, so why Captain Crunch for everyone? Because it's the most, like, it doesn't have, it's sugary, but it doesn't have a flavor. I don't think that Frankenberry or Booberry would bother too many people. No. But I do think Puffs would the, has the bit, biggest opportunity of upsetting people, and then Count Chocula. I think Captain Crunch, without this weird, again, the whole, like, the, it's like, like, you know, they're rough or whatever, you know, as far as their, tex mm -hmm. their texture, I think it's the most, uh, palatable of, for, 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 you know, for people, because it just, it doesn't have a distinct flavor. Again, to read from, since I have all five boxes in front of me, it's a sweetened corn and oat syrup. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most fun, technically, because it turns your milk green. Okay, so for a group, you'd say the Captain Crunch. Yeah. But for yourself... So I'm a team player. I'm not making it just about me. All right, Remember so that Joey? <laughs> <laughs> Joey? 
Joey Lugowski, the Godfather, the Godfather himself. Godfather. <laughs> so there you go. Like, uh, you know, for yourself, Count Chocula, for the group Halloween Crunch. I think those are co-winners then. Yeah. I, yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> well, Kyle, thanks so much for, for helping us figure out, yes, <laughs> as you knock your, your spoon on the cereal bowl. I like your bowls, by the way. Thank you. Thanks so much for stopping by and, uh, you know, hanging out and trying cereal with me and helping the slumberers pick what Halloween cereal they should eat. I, you can say you're maybe Foodie Films line, or is there another one maybe? Is there always more to... Or there's more to slurp. There's more to slurp, slurp. <laughs> yeah. There's always more to slurp. Well, I certainly have a lot yeah. of cereal now. Yes, so. and thank you for making my tummy hurt. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, apparently we are haunted by a ghost this year because that clip sounded terrible. But we got some good information from it, that's for sure. Or did we? Am I eating Captain Crunch? Am I eating Count Chocula? Honestly, it's just a mix of both. Whatever. The uh, the high fructose corn syrup is sucking up all the uh, all the toxins in my body. I don't know. You seem bored. Well, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, if you're just going to stay there, you might as well stay in your favorite jammies. You might as well tell your mother that you slept over Brian's. Um, I'm about to get the cleanup on. So let's leave you with a song from today's film, Tragedy Girls. It was a fun one. I actually liked this soundtrack a lot. Um, I don't know if it's available on vinyl. Let's not get that crazy. But the song was called Always Forever by Colts. So why don't you listen to this track, get those cobwebs out of your head, and, you know, let's give it a good go, you know? Get up, pick yourself up from your bootstraps, beat that hangover, and let's continue our Women in Horror series with the wise words of Joey Lewandowski and Jordan Poland clark I gotta go clean up. No, I've never done this show. Yeah, you have. 
Really? What did he do? He's done the show oh, twice, Jordan. That- Wait, wait, it was what? like two weeks in a row, yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember Greece. What else did I do? Eighth grade. Oh, yeah, like that movie. <laughs> You're right, I've been on this show. They all blend together for me. I know what I know which ones mine are, and then everything else is, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm glad the experience was so memorable for you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been doing this for two years. Two and a half years. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad to have you back. And Joey, do you remember if you've been on the show or not? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, have I been on this show before? Wait, is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast? <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is, is it. This Did is you the marinus? podcast. Wait, were you both on our celebrity? Were you? Re- I think you were both on Celebrity with us <laughs> on Charlie's. Yeah, we the, the, the three uh, of us talked have... to each other before. <laughs> yes, I believe we've been in the same room. We have been once. in the same room together <laughs> once. One time, yeah. Well, I'm glad to Once meet time. you tonight, guys. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. One Discord, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need That's the Discord. That's some screen room lingo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's been too long. It's too long that we can't even remember the last time we've all spoken. So I'm happy for a nice little reunion today. Um, since Jordan doesn't even recall being on this podcast, Joey... <laughs> Why don't you uh, show her how one introduces themselves on High School Slumber Party? Why, I would love to, Brian. My name is Joey Lewandowski, 100 Central Regional High School, class of 2006. Go Red Devils. Go Red Devils. So, Jordan, can you follow that pattern, or would you want me to explain? No, I can do it. Uh, Jordan Poland-Clark, West Orange High School, 2004. Go uh, Mountaineers. Oh, yes. I don't know what a Mountaineer is. (laughs) I feel. I'm sure we talked about this. I remember. I remember Greece. I didn't. I didn't know it was this podcast. <laughs> well, well, we did. We did a uh, co podcast. It was so long, and yeah, but I was, it, it was sitting. Two episodes. It was. It was like, and and what am I chewing? Got created between the episodes, and. I had just moved rooms in my house, and I was, like, sitting next to a pile of rubble that is now my bed. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that part. Just, like, shit was everywhere. Like, it was... All right. I mean, I, I remember thought, it. That's all. What I'm amazed by is that I thought beds could become piles of rubble. Like, I can see how that works, but I, I don't... The inverse, a pile of rubble becoming a bed, I don't understand. <laughs> like, you gotta start somewhere. You're not constructing out of Legos. <laughs> Anything mean, can really be a bed. It's... As a dog lover myself, I've seen that. So anything can be a bed, Joey. It's a futon. And I'm so not sorry. only did I have to construct it myself, but I also had to drive it. I like didn't fit in my car. It got shoved in my car. We had to like tie the trunk clothes with string and then I had to drive like ten miles an hour in the middle of nowhere, Vermont for a very long time to get it home. Well, it was a stressful time. Well, when I listened to uh, Wistful Thinking Goes to a Party, a very fun episode of Wistful Thinking, I recall that you two are used to taking mattresses and beds down like rivers and stuff. And, and <laughs> Look at you doing your homework. <laughs> I, I'm a homework kind of guy, Joey. This you, is high school slumber party. This is where high school. I'm actually... <laughs> did you, did, I bet you both did your homework. <laughs> oh, of course. In high school, for real. Um, Joey, I know you did because you got a scholarship. You've talked about it on this show. Of course. I did not do my homework in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, me neither. (laughs) 
Well, thanks you guys for coming on for this film as we continue our Women in Horror series. And the film is 2017's Tragedy Girls. But before that, I gotta ask you guys, as I've been asking all my guests during this spooky October Halloween month. I mean, whoever wants to go first, it's up to you, but what's your favorite scary movie? Of all time? Yes, all time. Go for it. So... Jordan, you want to go first? Or you want to be, you want me to go first? No, you, you can go time? first. You sound like you're ready. I'm I'm not really ready. I have ideas. I have options. I don't really have a one. Why don't you go? If you have one, why don't you I go? I don't. No, I don't. That's also how <laughs> I right. feel. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately because as we record this, we are nearing the end not only of the year, but also of the decade, right? And this is actually the, the the last decade. I no wait, never mind. I I confused my high school and college graduation. I was going to say this is the decade that I went to a little bit of high school, but no, I went to a little bit of college this decade. Scrap all of that. <laughs> anyway, as the as a decade as the year comes to a close, I have been counting down, trying to think of my favorite TV shows of the decade, which I'm currently counting down at cageclub.me, but also on my Twitter at soulpopped. But then I'm going to do my favorite movies of the decade. So I've been thinking a lot about recent movies. And I think one of these, I think your, uh, you know, your unofficial co-host over on Third Times a Charm, Mr. Mike Manzi, has mentioned. I, I love the witch. I'm the unofficial one. But He's... I think, but if you're, I think it's a, like, what's the what's the math term? I should know this, but it's like the transitive property that if you're if you're his unofficial co-host, then he's also your unofficial co-host. Okay, I guess that makes sense. You know, sorry, because like you can't be it can't be official one way. Anyway. Uh, he and I were just talking about actually just, you know, he and I had dinner tonight. We recorded a couple podcasts, Cage Club and a Keanu Club. But uh, we both love The Witch, Robert Eggers' The Witch, which is just awesome. Uh, shot up, I think, or at least set up in Jordan, your neck of the woods up there in Vermont somewhere. And I also love It Follows. I think those are my two favorite horror movies of the decade. I think maybe all time, possibly Halloween, maybe, which you covered not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, but... Still in the ether. Uh, that's cool. I mean, I love It Follows. I've never seen The Vivitch, but uh, definitely like Halloween. Jordan, have you figured one out, or are you still going to opt out of this question? No, I'm not going to opt out, but it's hard for me to choose a favorite everything because there's a lot of things I love for a lot of different reasons. So I will start with... Uh, okay. Sleepaway Camp 2 changed my life. <laughs> and then and then so did Sleepaway Camp, which I saw I thought, after. I thought I that's what I was going like, to guess. Or that, that, you know, I, saw, I was going to guess that's what you were going to say. But like if someone like I don't want to be like, "Oh, that's my favorite scary movie." It's not. It's just that it changed my life in many ways and I love it a lot. And like I think that Zombieland is one of the most perfect movies I've ever seen. Have you seen um, the new one? No, I Do live not. in the middle of nowhere. It's not <laughs> here not. yet. It's not good. It's no, bad. it's bad. Why? It's not no. Good. So Zoe Dutch is Ugh. incredible in it. Uh, the, there's no reason for the movie to exist. It of is. It's, not. it's so. It's such a retread in every way. And just, it's not good. Just don't, like, if you love the first one as much as you do, do not see the new one. It's going to lessen everything for you. That sucks. I had faith in them. I had faith because Thomas Middleditch is there. It's he's he's awful. Like he's really? not good in anything. <laughs> I love him so much. I've never seen him be good in a movie. He, oh man, I love him on Comedy Bang Bang. I love the idea of him and just when he showed, like he is. It's 
so there's a thing that happens in this movie. I'm, I'm going to be very vague. There's a thing that happens in this movie, and Luke Wilson shows up. And I'm like, oh, this is really funny. Like, this is my favorite part. And then Thomas Middle that shows up, and I was just like, you just ruined the joke. And it's <laughs> so disappointing. I cannot stress enough, do not see Zombieland. I do want to, one more recommendation. A movie that I saw this month for the first time that I loved is The Night of the Hunter. Do either of you know this movie, The Night of the Hunter? No. So it's a movie that came out in 1955. This is a movie that when Mike and I were still doing Cinemakers somewhat regularly, uh, we were talking to Nick Jenkins about other directors who had done two movies because we like to do those sort of as like a palate cleanser between longer runs. Um, So he and I, or he had joined us for uh, the RKSS Collective, which was the, you did on this show, uh, Summer of 84, they did mm-hmm. that, and they also did Turbo Kids. We talked about those. Um, and I think we did one other one with Nick Jenkins, too. But there's this movie called um, The Night of the Hunter, and it was directed by this guy, Charles Lawton. And I think he had maybe done a movie before this, possibly, but this was like his. This is the movie he's known for. And it was such a critical and commercial flop and failure at the time that he was never allowed to make another movie again. Wow. Like, people hated this movie. And then over time, critics were like, wait, I don't understand. Like, what did people not like about this movie? And now it has, like, a beautiful Criterion release, and it is kind of beloved and cherished, and, like, average rating on Letterboxd of 4.2 out of 5, which is ridiculously high. The most common rating is 5 stars. It is so incredibly weird and good, and I feel like a, a lot of what makes it great is that a lot of the directorial flourishes he uses are kind of like the wrong choice. It's like, well, why would you set the camera up here? But it works. Like, it just, it feels weird and unsettling. And I'm just going to very high level explain what the movie is. A serial killer who is posing as a priest is stalking two children who are hiding $10,000 that their father has stolen. And it's like this grown-ass man trying to kill these two kids because he wants their money. And it came out in 1955, and it's gorgeously shot, and it's incredible. Um, so The Night of the Hunter, if you go see that, like I think I would recommend that to everyone. Well, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading about it now, and it's uh, in the National Film Registry, and even some people, it's in their top ten list of all times. And I've never heard of it till you brought it up today. Thank it's you for educating so us, Joey. Well, you're welcome. I hope that I could do my little part. I guess that's the podcast then, right? Yeah, I've I've said enough words. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, Tragedy Girls, Joey, it was your choice, 2017, last year. When did nope. you... F- oh, sorry. Wait, it's 2019. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> wow, none of us know, like, where we are, like, how long time is, or, like... Like my brain did a (laughs) my brain did a weird thing where it skipped every even year in my mind. Like I was looking at a timeline (laughs) and only saw odd years, which is very odd. But yes, two years ago, this decade, as you were saying, we're ending the decade, Mm twenty seventeen. So when was the first time you saw Tragedy Girls, and why did you? You know, why did you suggest it for this podcast today? So, the first time I saw Tragedy Girls, I can actually give you the exact date, let me find out. It was Friday, March 30th of last year, my sister's birthday, um, <laughs> coincidentally. I don't, I don't remember why, I was trying to figure out how I had heard of this movie. I think I'm just generally more attuned to horror. It never played a Fantastic Fest, it did play at South By, but South By is so hit or miss in terms of the movies, like in terms of my tastes. South by is so hit or miss that I sort of stopped caring what plays there. I think 
it was just one of those like there's you know I I love finding those or try you know trying to find the 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 young sort of starlet kind of girls who like you know like the assassin assassination nation like those kind of like the next wave right and the I mean I know you're gonna get into the casting here but this is Negasonic Teenage Warhead from Deadpool and Storm from the new X-Men movies and I think like they're two stars on the rise like this is like this weird kind of meta cool horror movie and I watched it and so then when you had asked me for some ideas you know you wanted to do horror movies and I sort of had this idea where you know we came up with the idea together for the the women in horror and I wanted to sort of pick a movie from each decade and I feel like there's a lot of really good horror movies lately but I think that this is one that really flew way under the radar because I don't think anybody talks about this movie and it's not like my favorite I don't think it's the best one of the decade but I think it's weird and kind of quirky and fun and I think that the two leads are great and I was kind of hoping that you know we could you know draw some more eyes to it like because I think in the, in the same kind of weird way that your great episode with Alex about Durfan brought eyes and attraction to that or sort of you know fed into this like resurgence of like hey this is actually like a weird cool movie worth talking about like get this out there and if a couple more people see it you know maybe a couple more people like it yeah it's safe to say for Durfan I think at least two more people bought that DVD because of the podcast, and I, I feel accomplished for that. Like, you know, I might as well just end this show because that's pretty cool. Wrap but, it up. <laughs> but you're right. Jordan, had you seen this movie before? No, I saw it for the first time. I finished it 30 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, good. Fresh, fresh. I love it. Very. So if you guys out there listening are not familiar with Tragedy Girls, wouldn't blame you. As you said, Joey was pretty under the radar. I had never heard of it till you pointed it out. But back of the DVD, very easy to find online. So here goes. Best friends Sadie and Michaela are on a mission to boost their social media fandom as amateur crime reporters hot on the trail of a deranged local serial killer. After they manage to capture the killer and secretly hold him hostage, they realize the best way to get scoops on future victims would be to, you know, murder people themselves. As the tragedy girls become an overnight sensation and panic grips their small town, can their friendship survive the strain of national stardom? Will they get caught? Will their accounts get verified? That's the, the back of the DVD there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, not not too bad, though. A little little vague, but they're always a little vague. Joey, you've been on this podcast a bunch of times. Um, I feel like a lot of times you pick these movies that are very uh, social media conscious. Yeah, and I have one for the uh, segment at the end. I have another one that I'm going to recommend. Not a high school movie, but another social media movie. Hmm. I mean... That, that's cool. So uh, this is a, another very... I know you said it's not maybe your favorite of the decade, but I watch this movie, I'm like, okay, this is a Joey movie. I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know why, but it just this is a very much a Joey movie. This is a 12-year-old girl movie. Yeah, that's why it's a me movie. Exactly <laughs> <my favorite. laughs> like, like, I'm a solid 15 years too old to understand this movie. <laughs> or, like, what the appeal of this movie is. Wait, did you, so you didn't like it? No. I, I don't want to. I feel like I'm the person who comes on every podcast and I'm like, oh, I hated that movie. <laughs> There's something in the water here, Brian. I don't, I don't know what's been going on in your show lately. I, I, I don't didn't know. Not, like, it wasn't the worst movie I ever saw, but just like, wh- here's my number one question. Can I, may I ask my number one question? Why? Why were they doing that? Why? Because they're sociopaths. Why do I want to watch a movie about two teenage sociopaths? Like, it's not funny. It's not cute. It's disgusting if that's all they are. And they should be arrested and sent to jail right now. And nobody should think that's cool. So I do think it's funny. And I think that... What's funny about it? 
I just think the fact that they're like, like the fact that they have to lure the the, the Lowell, who I'm just gonna forever know as Kimi from Lost. They have to lure him by like just the idea that like she has to like jerk off thirty dudes to like lure this serial killer who's going after girls. Like it's just like this weird like the logic that they go through to lure a serial killer to where they are that they're then going to like capture him and utilize his notor. I just it's this weird perverted. I think it's. But both- why did they? But they didn't. It doesn't even make sense what they had to do. Why they could have just regular murdered people? Why did they have to capture a serial killer to murder? Like that, it's like they captured the serial killer, and like that was kind of interesting. And then they put him in a closet for thirty minutes and didn't talk about him at all. Why? Well, I hope we uncover those questions of why <laughs> on this podcast today. I like a little heat. I like a little energy. Wait, Brian, did you like it? Well, I so I enjoyed it, and then I felt bad for enjoying it. Why did you feel bad? Because I'm like, oh my god, this is a film glorifying high school killers. And like, not in a fun or interesting way. Like, I, mean, I don't no, mind. I, 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 I was interested, and I was having fun at times, and then I was like, oh my god, should I be having fun? But, I, look, we're gonna dive into this. I can't wait, but I've gotta do some housekeeping, as I always have to do. This director, literally, there was nothing about this uh-huh. person anywhere. Unless you can give me some insight, Joey, on this Tyler McIntyre person i don't know if it's even a man or a woman but there's nothing about this director so i really can't say anything um it's barely a clickable imdb i think he's predominantly an editor as it looks like he's got 40 editing credits so i think he does a lot of maybe short film editing i think that's i don't know i think this is his first real feature so i think he's new to the scene gotcha gotcha i mean but like they were able to get a hell of a cast like alexander ship is somebody who, as you said, is very up and coming. Yep. Um, as Storm, she was also in Straight Outta Compton. I remember her from and Love Simon, a movie we'll cover on this podcast. Uh, what's her name? Brianna Hildenbrand. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I knew her from Deadpool. Uh, Josh Hutchinson, I recognize from Hunger Games, which he covered on P.S. I Love Hoffman. Uncredited. Uncredited, yeah, which is weird. I guess they didn't pay him. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I think uh, they just don't want to sell a movie because of him, because he's only in the movie for five minutes before he gets killed. Fair, but I don't know. Uh, Craig Robinson, of course, who's, you know, very famous. Who else do I know from this cast? Oh, that guy. I knew I'd seen, like, the serial killer somewhere. Kevin Durand was his name. Yeah, that's Durant. that's the guy I know. He's from Lost. He, oh, was, on, he? he was on that, that freighter or whatever that showed up in Lost. He he just has a very familiar face. And the, the yeah. last person I really recognized was Jack Quaid. Um, he's... I think Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son, I believe. But he's also... That's not how I know him. I'm, he's on that show, The Boys, on Amazon. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen either, but I've seen, like, tons of trailers for it. <laughs> and I know he's on it. Um, so, I mean, pretty, pretty crazy cast. I Joe- will one-up you one more, one more person, though. Mm-hmm. Their teacher, uh, the blonde, who gets murdered at yeah. the end, Nikki Whelan, has been in not one, not two, but three Nicolas Cage movies in the oh, last really? like five years. Yeah, oh. yeah. Which ones? <laughs> she was in my the the best one that she was in was Inconceivable, which is the one that Joe Two had on or Joe Two came on our podcast to talk about. It is this like crazy hyped up like obsessive love lifetime movie. Uh, Jordan, she was in Dog Eat Dog, the hot dog movie that we, oh uh, that no. You covered with us. 
she that was that movie think, was so bad but there was so much ketchup and mustard <laughs> <laughs> and then she was in one of Nicolas Cage's absolute worst movies but one that I weirdly kind of like in in certain ways she was the stewardess the flight attendant the like the sort of the affair haver in left behind she was a sinner who was left behind with Nicolas Cage oh yeah I remember watching that really late at night on Netflix <laughs> yeah I mean it's not good but no. I saw it in the theater and I saw it a couple more times since then. Isn't that, like, vaguely Christian, that film? Oh, it's wildly Christian. Okay, it's based on a whole, like, there's, like, a 40-book Christian book series that are written by these LaHaye and Jenkins or whatever that my aunt and uncle, like, they have, like, all these books. And, like, they look cool. Like, they look like these, like, futuristic kind of thing. And it's just about if you don't sin, you go to heaven. <laughs> like, Kirk Cameron adapted them for TV, like, in his version, like, the very Christian version. This was sort of like a Hollywood version of this movie. Uh, gotcha. Well, oh, good to know. Thanks for educating us on that. The other person I thought you might say is um, apparently the janitor in this is the serial killer in that Adult Swim Too Many Cooks video. I don't know if you've seen mm. that. Oh, I could, uh, I feel like maybe I remember that. Too many cooks, too many cooks. <laughs> the blind, the blind janitor. Uh, was he blind? I don't know. No, I, he just behaved as if he was. Okay, yeah, okay. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same person as that serial killer. And I went back to check, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, again, I don't want to call it like a huge name cast, but certainly an up-and-coming cast. Did you say Craig Robinson? Yeah, I said Craig Robinson. Okay. Um, I mean, he's not up-and-coming, obviously. No. But, <laughs> but uh, again, very famous guy. Um, not I a love lot of, that they all thought he was really hot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't. And was that that was supposed to be funny or not? I don't know. I don't. I, I thought it was funny. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, not a lot of scholarship on this film at all. But the one thing I just wanted to bring up is that. Michaela Hooper and Sadie Cunningham are the two main leads, like, names, and Sadie Cunningham is named after Sean Cunningham, the director of Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. and Michaela Hooper is named after Tobe Hooper, the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and this is something that horror films do a lot, like, name their characters after directors of other horror films, um... I don't know if I like it or not, but it's just something I have to point out because I don't do a lot of horror films on this podcast, but at least 50% of all the ones I've done have done that, so. I feel like they, I mean, this horror movies also love to reference other horror movies, Mm -hmm. which I feel like they did here, but kind of lazily, or like not in a way that was, I don't know, you can do it kind of sly, and that's fun. Or you can do it over the top, and that's funny. And they kind of like fell somewhere in between, I feel like. I mean, fair point, fair point. That's for sure. Um, Look, I'm just going to keep shitting all over this movie. I'm going to win that... you over a little bit. Like, I'm not going to get you to like okay. the movie, but I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> like you to get, I'm gonna get you to like part of it. I don't know what part that is yet, but by the end, something. I believe... There... Okay, I believe you. Well, well, Joey, then, I mean, I'll pass you the mic, theoretically. Where do you want to begin with this film? What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the leads. Let's talk about, I feel like, something that, you know, we talked about on Booksmart, and I think, not to compare this movie to Booksmart, because I think they're <laughs> totally different, but I think that there is something interesting about the dynamic of two 
female leads, like co-leads in a movie like this. Again, not written by a woman, not directed by a woman, and I think that might be a kind of been an undersight on my part or an oversight on my part and maybe should have picked some other movie. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there's something, there's an interesting dynamic here that I like the way that they play off each other, that they, I, I mean, to me, and I, again, it might not be it might not be true, and Jordan, this can be something that you can, you know, see if it feels real, but it feels like they have like a real kind of relationship. And I feel like it's a kind of, I mean, they're sociopaths, of course, but it feels like they, you know, they, they love each other and they rely upon each other and they depend upon each other and they're in this together. I think that's kind of a, I, I, I like that element of it all. I mean, nobody in this movie is very real or has much depth, which is part of my problem with it. But yeah, sure. Female friendship. <laughs> And then, but then not, and then, like, one tries to murder the other one because she's, like, hanging out with a dude. I don't know. (laughs) Wait, I have another question. So, part of the plot is that they murdered someone's mom when they were, like, eight? Yeah, that is, that's a weird, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand that fully, yes. Because that's, like, the number... That's, like, they kind of tried to explain this whole thing by that. And that also is, like, meant to be the thing that bonds them. But, like, they don't even explain the story fully, or I just missed this part. They were like, you were in the car, and she was in the ditch. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) That's, like, as best as they explained it. Or did I miss it? So I think, and Brian, Brian, do you have an ex- do you have an explanation, or do you want me to try to take a guess at this? I mean, take a stab, and then I'll I'll go for my theory. So what I think is that was kind of the beginning of their sociopath behavior, sociopath behaviors, and I don't know why. Maybe I missed the why of why the so the sheriff is the father of the horror nerd boy, the video editor, who has a crush on Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and. This is his wife, the kid's mother, that they killed. And I don't know why she was driving these girls home from dance practice, but they mentioned earlier in the movie about how, like, it was a missing persons thing, it was never deemed a murder, blah, 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 blah. And, like, they bring it up, and it's sort of like, well, maybe it was a murder. Like, we don't know, we don't know. And then what happened, I think, was that one of them, I think, Storm, like, choked her from the back seat, and she veered off the road, and then they killed her? And then they got rid of the body, I think? I don't understand the interplay of how that factors into the, like, why, like, why, why that situation happened when they were eight years old or whatever, but that's, I think that was just the beginning of them as murderers. So if you read, right, like, that back of the DVD thing, um, this murder pretty much negates that, and again, that doesn't matter, who cares what's on the back of the DVD, right? But... This is not really a story about people like, oh, let me just get my social media account up and let's start murdering. Like, before we meet them, these people are murderers. Um, And I think it was trying to tell us there that Sadie is a sociopath and maybe, uh, what's her name, Michaela was more conditioned into this, maybe as a coping mechanism, I don't know. I'm not saying it did it well, but she talks about how, like, she really had to you know, feel bad about what they did and that Sadie pretty much was able to just, you know, not even care at that point. So I guess that's what it was trying to show us. I don't know. Yeah, I don't... It's just... It's like they tried to really water down how, like, crazy these girls maybe really 
are. It just could have been really different. I mean, I think you have to keep in mind that they are, they're not, like, this is not the start of them becoming killers, right? Like, they're not, Mm -hmm. like, worried about, they're not unsure of themselves and how they, they murder their first victims here. Like, they are very cognizant of how to murder someone. They are, you know, they're both diminutive girls. They are not. But then I have a new question. Oh, I also, by the way, have an answer to the uh, serial killer question. They were going, they, they kidnapped him because they wanted his help. And Wait, but he, if but you just told me they were already confident murderers. What do they need a yeah, serial they, killer's help for? And then they never ask him for help with anything. Because he says no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why they, they just, like, they just don't, because I think if you're, okay, so if you're a killer, like, wouldn't you want, like, another team? Like, I think in theory, it would be nice to have a whole bunch of killers because you have more, you can sort of just make it easier and you can just, you know, deflect the blame a little bit. They're going to keep him alive to then set the like the, set the trap on him, like, make him take the fall for it. Like, oh, look, he's a serial killer, here's the evidence, whatever. But I think the fact that they are not, like, it's not like they necessarily need help, but I think it would be better. Like, I think it would just be, like, they kind of want to learn, like, they're sort of, they want to learn from him because they admire him and his work, I think. I mean, I guess that's fair. Um, Jordan, you had a question? If it's something to do with that guy, I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) Was it about that guy or was it about them becoming... No, it was about the murderer. I think maybe... I don't know. It was about the murderer. Well, but they thought he was just going to be like, sure, girls, let's go. Like, <laughs> they're like they're all crazy people. They really, I don't, uh, it doesn't matter. Also, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> wow, we have broken Jordan early. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it's not gonna make sense. And I need to learn to live with that. You know? <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel about horror, honestly, and I'm trying my best. And honestly, I, I, I was, like I said, kind of in, enjoying the ride here. I liked what it was saying about, I mean, the obsession today with true crime. And something I talk a lot about on this podcast, but many, 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 many more podcasts talk about true crime. And you guys can find those wherever you get your podcasts. But like, I, I did like that look at our society and how these girls were trying to, I guess, take advantage of that, but become they were the story as well. So I, I, I did find that interesting. I found, you know, I did find the social media aspect interesting, I guess is what I'm saying. I think, yeah, I think that part isn't, like, I have a, uh, I have a hard time with true crime because I do find, like, I... It makes me feel icky to listen to a lot of it because I think a lot of it is just kind of like exploiting victims, yeah. you know, for our own entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so this could have been an interesting commentary on that. It wasn't like, I don't like, it, it, they didn't have to make these girls murderers in order to make that point in fact it might have been more interesting if they hadn't made the murderers to make that point um i i could yeah no i could agree with that i mean i guess the whole point of the movie is that they're murderers yeah but i guess it you're right it wasn't 100 percent clear like what they like are we supposed to root for them killing people i mean joey since you are a big fan of this film and again i'm not trying to shit on it but do you think we're supposed to root for them Absolutely. And that, I think that's not that, weird. I, well, but I think, why? They have zero backstory. They're but, not... But, like, I think, I think the whole thing about this, and to that point exactly, Jordan, is I think that, like, when you are... Like, when you can, when you watch a slasher movie, like, I mentioned Halloween before, you know, Halloween you talked about for an hour and a half with 
Autumn and Dan, right? Like we talked, mm-hmm. we talked about that like a month or two ago, um, or maybe was that last year? Was that, that last, was year? last year? That was, that was last, last year. year. Scream was this year. Scream was this year. Yes, yes, yes. Um, when you watch a movie like that, I think you either watch so that Laurie escapes, like you're rooting for her because she's the protagonist, or you're watching for Michael Myers because he's just like a ruthless killer. And he doesn't have a backstory. He's just out to kill people. And I feel like this is kind of an interesting subversion of like that. Like, what if Michael Myers, but a high school girl? Like, what if there was someone that we don't really know anything about, but she wants, like, it's the urge to become insta-famous. It's the same thing that I think, you know, we talked about with Assassination Nation and a whole bunch of other movies and the movie that I'm going to recommend and the rent to get one free. I think that there is a thing that these movies are doing, like a a way to tell a story about people wanting to become famous through any means necessary. And they're, I guess because they're sociopaths, their path to fame and superstardom and being known and being liked and being admired is to be, it's sort of like they're making their own news. Like it's kind of like what Nightcrawler becomes. Like he wants to become like the greatest capturer of live news. And then he's going to start making the news happen because he's gonna be there first sort of like that like how do we become famous well we can be like reporting on all these murders and we can have these conspiracy theories that come true because we know that they're true because we're actually committing the crimes and i think it's this sort of a, a, a satirical cynical look at social media and becoming you know insta famous or celebrities online framed or cased within a horror movie starring you know two high school age girls I... Okay, wait. Let's compare this to Scream for a second. Because I feel like... Okay, because Scream is a good movie. Yeah. And I I don't think the killers in Scream have a... They're not... They're also just doing it because they're nuts, right? I think that's true probably of a lot of horror movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying it's like a very similar present... Pre- that was a hard word. <laughs> <laughs> very similar premise <laughs> um <laughs> but done really well right like i don't care but by the time that all unfolds i don't care that they're doing it for no reason because the movie built to that really well and they're also hilariously funny and like gross and like whatever once you find out who it is so i feel like this is like if freeform channel tried to remake <laughs> scream <laughs> <laughs> or like the Disney Channel tried to remake Scream, it would be this movie. I hope this isn't on the Disney Channel. Jeez. No, that's why I said freeform. I mean, still. <laughs> Thirty-one days of Halloween. <laughs> uh, so, Joey, I I tend to agree with you, but I also like kind of agree with what you're saying too, Jordan. I think that scene that we just talked about, like, at the end where it showed that they actually killed someone before this, like, now that we talk about it, like, I don't like that. I kind of wish they almost, like, maybe they kidnapped the serial killer and, again, not to rewrite the movie, and maybe they accidentally kill him, and then after that they just decide that they're going to continue this for the social media likes. Like, that makes a little bit more sense to me. It's weird that, like, oh, let's do this for... For likes and follows and all that, but they're already killers, so... I don't know, but I don't understand sociopaths anyway, obviously, so... I'm not sure. Again, but, like, I'm not trying to shit on this movie, because I actually did, you know, enjoy the ride for the most part. Again, feel guilty about that. But 
it's not a perfect film. Oh, no, and I'm not saying that it is. Like, this is, again, you know, of all the movies that I saw last year or, you know, from two years ago or whatever, like, this is not my favorite. I just think that this is an interesting movie, and I was hoping that we would have uh, an interesting conversation about it instead of just utter confusion and, uh, di- you know, distaste for it. Um, Why are you calling our conversation uninteresting? I'm you're not gonna, saying it's – I'm just – You're going to get listeners know. to shut it off, Joey. Come on. Uh, no, but I mean, I just thought it's, I think it's an interesting movie. I, it's not my favorite. Like if I, if we were picking my favorite movies, it'd be a different movie. You know what I mean? But I think that this is an interesting movie. I think there, this is a unique kind of story. And I think it's a unique perspective because I think it's, I just think it, it takes the themes that you talk about on the show a lot and kind of just frames it within a different scope and a different view and a different setting and a different mindset. That's fair. No, I, I understand that. Um, well, specifically though, were there any other scenes that you really enjoyed that really, um, you know, kind of address what you're saying? I like the opening scene a lot, which I was what I was mentioning before about the Negasonic Teenage Warhead on the bridge with the kid from Euphoria, and telling him like, I think I heard something. Go check that out. And like, it's the whole like. I want you to die so that we can lure the serial killer out. Like, I think it's just, there's there's a perversion to that that I think is is sort of fresh and new. It's the oh, aware that you're in a horror movie, kind of, right? Like, you're not a character in a horror movie, but you are aware that there's a serial killer out there after you, and you are baiting him, like, you are have, you're the one hand, you're the, the one up the upper hand on him, because you know he's coming, and you know that you can take him out. Yeah, I agree. I like that part. For yeah. that reason. Yeah. I, I think the opening scene was pretty awesome. And it got me, like, amped up and excited for this film. Um, the You know, and one thing I really liked about this film, I thought the music was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you guys like the film visually? Because I did. Yeah, I did also. There were some shots that were, like, a little off. That was kind of fun. It was fine. I liked one character... I think this one character should have been in the movie more, but I think it's just because I relate to her and not to the psychopaths. The girl with the the girl with the really big glasses who oh, was best awesome. friends with the girl that they murdered. I loved her. So I I, lo- did, I loved her too. I did read a fact about her. So she was only supposed to be like briefly in one scene, but the director liked her so much. He was just like, "Can you come back for this?" And This is like, yeah. The the movie should have been about her being like, I think these girls are psychopaths. I think they killed my best friend. Like, the movie is maybe about the wrong person, like, from the wrong point of view. But just because I relate to her more. Because also at the end where she goes up to the one girl and she's like, I love you. And the girl's like, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, I really, did, I really did like that character. That's a good... <laughs> I don't know if she has a name, but... Yeah, no, I mean, they picked some pretty visually cool people if that makes sense yeah but i think that's also the reason why i would have liked this movie better if i was like 10 years younger because i could be sold on that 10 years ago but now (laughs) i don't really care what you look like or if you look cool (laughs) it only gets you so far it gets it gets you through the opening scene and then after that i need more (laughs) Um, were there any other scenes joey that you really liked besides this opening I like the kind of running gag, sort of, that they have to keep. Like, they, they are, they're successful in murdering people, 
but they, it keeps winding up looking like an accident and that they want to, like, it's not going to attract the type of media coverage that they want. Like, they want to essentially establish that there's a serial killer out there, right? And so when they, when there's the, the head cheerleader, you know, the, the girl with the glasses, like her, mm-hmm. you know, her buddy or whatever, um, that they, they, they accidentally, like, but she, she gets her foot trapped in the, in the chain and gets up and then it gets her head sliced open by the, the table saw and it conceivably, and that's when they say, you know, some Final Destination shit and, like, it's that reference to the other horror movie, like, exi- uh, uh, knowing that you exist within a world where these horror movies exist, um, which, again, I, I agree with both of you that it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, but I like that they have to, like, take the extra step. Like, they are not only... It's not like they're just killing a girl. They have to kill her in a way that it makes them look like it's the same kind of same kind of pattern. Like there's there's a specific killer out on the loose. And I just think that there's kind of a there's a humor there that they're whenever they have an issue with somebody, their first idea is like, let's murder him. Let's murder her. And I think it's like to you know, to somebody with a hammer, everything looks like a nail, like, oh, she doesn't like my shoes, I'm gonna murder her. He stole our thunder at the rally, we're gonna murder him. Like that's their own that's like, that's their go to. But like things keep not going their way, kind of because they're not good at it, but also because they're just unlucky. And I think that's just kind of a it's a funny like I don't know that there's a ton I mean there's a lot of horror comedy kind of things, but I don't know if there's a ton of those. And I think it's interesting to sort of see it from the killer's perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I did find it um, humorous that every time, it's, I mean, at, at least at the beginning, they would kill someone and then there'd be like some excuse, whether it'd be an accident or they would never actually get credit for the murder and it would uh, upset them. Um, and I could I know it was played humorously, but I could actually see, like, a serial killer being upset by those kind of things. So, you know, I, but, I found that interesting. But if they don't... They want them to look like murders, but they don't want credit for the murders, right? Because they're not trying to go to jail. They're just trying to exploit that people are getting murdered, right? But I think yeah, they, want, but... they want to establish a set pattern, right? Like, they want to say, like, there's a killer on the loose, and we call that, like, back when the sheriff said... That you know they're not trying to get the sheriff fired, but they're like from the very beginning they're like, why aren't you like letting people know that there's a serial killer on the loose or whatever? And he's like, it's we have no evidence of that, blah blah blah. But then the more people they kill and have it sort of set that same kind of pattern, fit the same kind of pattern, it establishes that their theory is correct because they're the ones creating it. And so then that's when like the news lady, everybody's just like, oh well, you've been calling it all like you're clearly the oh, smartest yeah, yeah, one yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is something that real serial killers have done in the past. Like, even if they don't want to get caught, they still want to get noticed. They still want people to draw a correlation between their crimes, like like the Zodiac Killer and stuff. Again, that's not that this has the tone of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I did find uh, that aspect of it interesting. Um, you know, there are a lot of things in here that I did enjoy because they were tropey and on this show I've learned that tropes aren't always bad things and I I think a lot of it yeah is satire but again the fact that they're cheerleaders the fact that there's a prom and a prom committee and on all those kind of things and that they're actually showing at least movie wise real high school like dumb conflicts here but their solution instead of you know a healthy one or even even an immature unhealthy teenage one is to 
kill people, which is not, yeah. you know, the best. But <laughs> I mean, and again, I think it depicted not real high school life, but the movie high school life that we're used to uh, pretty well in that sense. You know, I think that's the benefit of tropes. And I think you've talked about this on the show before, is that like, because you're able now, especially you now have seen, you know, 80 of these movies or whatever, but like the ability to recognize so quickly, like, oh, this is something that I've seen in 40 movies, you get a sense of what it's supposed to be. And then when it's not, like whether it's like a slight deviation or like a wild deviation, I think that sort of enhances the viewing even more. You're like, oh, I get that it's prom, but there's an extra thing here. Or I get it's prom, but it's a little bit different or whatever. Or like it's kind of like Carrie or it's kind of like this or it's kind of like that. And I think that by establishing or by playing into the types of things, and not just this movie, I'm just I'm not saying that like this movie does it better than anything else, but like any movie that plays into what you expect from that kind of situation and then twists it to its own advantage, I think it utilizes the just what's been ingrained in your brain. Like both on the shows that you talk about on or the movies you talk about on here, Brian, but also like Jordan on like on Whistle Thinking, the same kind of like movies that we all kind of grew up on like you've seen the same kind of thing the same kind of character a hundred times but then when you have that and something's different or you're able to use that as a shortcut to then like get from point a to point c and then like skip over b like whatever it is i think that movies like this that utilize what we expect or what we know it's it's a way to you know, play on your expectations. Because this is not like a long movie. It's not like it's building this like brand new world. It's just sort of like, it's the kind of world that we've all seen a bunch. It's just a different perspective and it's a different kind of character in that world. Yeah, and I think it is, as fucked up as it is, I think it is supposed to be just like a fun, quick piece. I don't think it's, I mean, and it's not that short for a horror movie. I think it's an hour 40, which I know is not long, but you know, I've been watching some lately that are like an hour 10, an hour 20, it feels like. So for me, it felt longer, but it's supposed to just be this fun, witty, killing spree thing, as weird as it is. Um, Anything else stuck out on you in terms of like characters or even kills? We haven't really talked about the specifics of these kills. We get some interesting ones here. Oh, it was uh, the Hunger Games guy. Did we even talk about him yet? Well, I mentioned him, but we haven't really gone into. He was he died pretty quickly, but it was fun. They like they like ran him off the road on his motorcycle. It was fun how horrible they made him. Actually, I appreciated (laughs) that. And then they ran him off the road on his motor. Because, like, if you make some dumb person that terrible, cool, go ahead, murder him, fine. <laughs> you, you know? And so he, like, flew off the road, and then you see him, like, down a ditch or whatever, and his leg is just, like, backwards. <laughs> like, that was a little unexpected. I appreciated that. <laughs> y- yeah. And then she kissed him. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then she kissed him after he died, question mark? Yeah, but again, I I liked it because... I did like that part, yeah. J- Joey, I asked you if, like, should we be rooting for it? And, like, there was no question in my mind I was rooting for that guy to die. I think it's super funny that the reason they killed him is basically because he wouldn't retweet them. Like, that's basically... <laughs> like, he speaks about himself in the third person. Like, you know, I don't remember his name. It's like Bobby or whatever. Like, Toby. It's Toby. You know, Toby doesn't really feel like he's the kind of endorser. Like, he, I don't... I, Toby doesn't endorse people. Rosedale High is trending. Hashtag Rosedale killer or hashtag pray for Craig. Yeah, neither. It's your leather jacket of an ex-boyfriend. Jesus, are all these pics just him and his crotch rocket? Yeah. These song lyrics. She's so sensitive. 
He has so many more followers than we do, and it's literally the same thing. What? It's okay. You've really grown so much in these last 12 hours. Be strong. Lou, excuse me. Pardon me. Hey. What's up? Hi, Tobes. Hey, KK. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just, I'm like really upset about Craig and everything, but. It's good. You need to be open right now to experience everything. I'm so open. As scary as it may be, you can't be afraid to ride that wave. Ride it. No matter how terrifying it is, embrace it, okay? I'm gonna embrace it so hard. <laughs> yeah, so we happened to see some of your posts about Craig, and they're really similar to what we were doing, so we were just wondering if maybe you could give our blog a shout-out. Yeah, I don't... I don't think Toby really does shout-outs. I don't know, I, I think that a shout-out from me would be a little off-brand. Something's definitely happening in Rosedale, and I think that Craig would agree. Look, I say what I feel. If people connect with it, then that's beautiful. <laughs> but I'm no hero. Just one post. It'd really help us out. I miss you so much, Tobes. I miss you too, KK. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about us lately. Everything that happened with Craig is just so... so messed up. You know? All we have is each other, and I need to express myself. The community. The whole community needs me to be present for them. You understand? I have 15,000 followers. That means and like basically because he won't retweet them they're like oh he's got to go like that's it, yeah it's that, such a ticky tack little thing but i think that's funny because he was so cartoony yeah. and like the whole it was stupid yeah that whole thing was just like stupid and dumb and like then even the, but then even the way he died and she like kissed like it was all so over the top and then i think it kind of lost that after that though like i made a lot of like noises in the beginning of the movie like when that guy first got a knife in the head in the beginning I yelled out loud and then like when she kissed him I yelled out loud because it was gross um <laughs> and then after that I didn't yell out loud a lot which I for me is a pretty good measure of a horror movie is like how much noise did I make <laughs> there's some good machete work in this movie there is there is um... oh the weight on the on his head was I liked that, but I'm pretty sure that's not what would happen. So I got distracted by thinking that. <laughs> oh yeah, like I don't yeah, I don't think it would like scalp him like it does. Like, like it's I think not it would a just, knife. No, it's it a would barbell. Cr- it would crush his skull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's still a cool murder, I think. <laughs> so do you have any I don't know, like tips for a girl who's trying to tighten? Tighten up? Well, for your build you might want to start with more free weights. Free weights. Cool. Yeah, no, good. Good idea. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm. Water. Mm. Ah, it's so refreshing. Mm. Mm. You okay? <coughs> yeah, no, I'm fine. Someone's here. I didn't hear anything. I did. Maybe we should hydrate. Oh, stay here. Do you want to take this with you? Somebody back here.
Sorry about that. Can't be too careful, especially with a nut job on the loose. No worries. So you want me to spot you? <laughs> I mean, as good as Craig Robinson is, I wish he was more like that uh, Hunger Games character because, I don't know, like, the way he's, um, the Hunger Games guy, it's just like, oh, if I'm gonna get murdered, I'm glad it was murdered by you. you yeah, know? that's hilarious. <laughs> but then, but then, like, they just kill Craig Robinson, who, like, from all we know, is, like, a good guy who's, like, a fireman and, like, just trying to save his community. Like, no, make him also the worst and get rid of him. But I think by that point, you're supposed to kind of be on their side. Like, I know that you you weren't in this case, but I think by that point, you're you're supposed to be, like, oh, like, let's just see if these girls can actually become popular. Like, see if they can actually, you know, grow their Twitter channel. And the fact that that was supposed to be, like, their coming out party, and essentially, like, they were supposed to lead the charge and, you know, get the, the groundswell of affection, and then he steals the thunder. It's like... Well, yeah, like, I like her. I don't know who this guy is. Like, I know who he is as an actor, but I don't know who he is in this world. I'm on their side. Like, like let's kill him. I agree that, like, if he was kind of cartoony and bad, but I think there's also something to, like, the fact that he is, like, so good and so pure and so loved, and even they love him. Like, they, you know, you mentioned before, that like, they think he's hot. Like, <laughs> I think there's something to that. Like, it's the fact that, you know, he is the opposite of Josh Hutcherson. He's the opposite of PETA. He's, like, this ideal version, and they're like, well, he's gotta go, too, because he, like, in our grand plan, like, he he screwed us. Like, we can't we can't have him. Yeah, fair, fair. And again, I didn't, like, uh, I'm not trying to speak in this, like, as I didn't enjoy the film, but, uh, you know, there's moments I wish the volume was actually turned up a little satire, like, satire-wise, because I think it would have been a little bit more enjoyable. But again, it, it was still an interesting... And fun uh, ride. What did you guys think of that other dude, the Jack Quaid character? He looked like he was 35 years old. I he I know that he's not. He's like 25. But I was distracted by like his face wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was only 25. So. Um. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, maybe that's just like another trope that they're going with where you cast like people who are 30 to play high schoolers. I mean, happens all the time. I know. I think everyone was pretty much in that mid-20s age, which again, is, is not the best, but I get well, it. Well, I've just, I feel like some high school movies and like middle school movies are getting much better at casting oh, yeah. actors who are the correct age, which really adds to it I, I like it i definitely do and also because like i think movies today are doing less like oh let's make teenage girls very very sexy so people go to this movie and they're not feeling they're not having scenes like that so they're not feeling guilty about casting a 15 year old as a 15 year old yeah they totally did it so many times like let's put this 25 year old in here so that she could be topless and that's still weird but i try to <laughs> i try to ignore that part but I don't think that's what this movie was doing. I think they were just, you know, looking for some uh, talented up-and-comers. And again, a lot of these people have been cast, even some of, like, the like side characters since this film have done a lot of other interesting stuff, so... Uh, I think that's definitely the one thing that keeps it afloat the whole time, is that it is the cast can actually hold it together, even when it loses some of its, like, depth. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. 
Joey. Any yes. other moments here that that stuck out? If you're trying to sell this movie to people maybe who aren't big fans. I feel like I've already tried my hardest. I've tried my tried my darndest. Uh, let's talk about the murder at the end when the thirty five the, the seemingly thirty five year old guy gets killed <laughs> at the at the dance. Um, so they have prom. And yeah, let's talk goes, about this prom overall. He goes with Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and this is after. So like, I think there is sort of the inevitable disbanding of the team, right? That they split up because they have a difference of opinion and whatever. And, you know, they're, they're both kind of, it seems like jealous of the affection from other people, like whether it's PETA or whether it's the, 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 the 35 year old and they go to prom together. And Michaela, uh, storm brings Kimi, brings Lowell, brings the serial killer to promise her date. And so they start causing some havoc and, you know, they're about to kill her and or they're about to, it seems like they're about to kill Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And then the 35 year old kind of steps in to sort of save the day. And then they kill the serial killer and then they kill him. And I wrote down the quote. The quote was, uh, he's about to like shoot her or kill her or whatever, like shoot and kill Storm. And then Negasonic Teenage Warhead says, Jordan, wait, she's my best friend. And he says, she just tried to kill you. It's like, well, no, I, don't, I don't care. Like, we're best friends. Like, we're going to get through this. And I love, like, it's, it's, I think that is kind of the perfect summation of who they are and their friendship. Like, I'm about to kill you, but, like, you know that I actually love you and I would never kill you. But, like, I'm also, like, holding a knife to you or I'm about to shoot you with a gun. Like, it's just a weird, like, I think if, if you're not bought in by that point, like, that's not going to work for you. But I think it's kind of the nice little summation of, both, like I said, who they are and how they, you know, exist together. Hey, Michael Myers knockoff! I told you, she's off limits! Mm, I forget what you did to me. Chained, tortured, dog food. I'm gonna repay the favor until you're begging me to kill you. Lowell, calm down. We both know that you're not very good with the thinking, especially after all of the chloroform. You and I, we're the same, remember? No. You spend your life putting fake bullshit on the internet. I'm going to show you what it really looks like. Stay away from us! Yeah, um, there was a couple moments in prom I, I really liked, like, right before that, that I think set this up real nice, because they were talking about going to college, and he was kind of being like, oh, you should go to college with me, and clearly this has moved, like, very fast, and at that moment, I just thought, like, maybe she's not gonna care if this guy dies later, and I don't know if that factored into her decision, or it was just pure friendship, but... It was interesting when he eventually did go. And then again, the decision they make somewhat together uh, about literally burning the entire prom down, which I don't know how they're not suspects at that point. 
Um, well, they established pretty early on how terrible the police department there fair, was. Fair. <laughs> One thing that I that I wrote down that I wanted maybe a little more of when the serial killer, like not them, like that uh, uh, guy serial killer who's very tropey, and I'm totally okay with that. You know, um, when he escapes and he kills like the mayor, there's like a level of fear in them, I feel like. That, like, oh my god, like, he could be after us. And that doesn't last very long. Like, he ends up just working for one of the girls not that long after that. And I kind of... Sorry. Do we see how that happened? We didn't see how that happened, did we? I don't think so, right? I don't think so either. Like, all of us... Oh, yeah, because it's a surprise. I did like that surprise Mm. when he picks her up to take her to prom. Yes. So that surprise was cool. I just... I guess I wish there was, like, a little less of some other things, a little more of, like, the element of fear. I thought when she picked... He picked her up originally, like, oh, my God, he's going to kill her. But you find out really quickly, like, they're in cahoots, so it's not so bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, that, that was an interesting element. They do, do uh, are they just, because they do seem to love their families, but do they just not love anybody because they're psychopaths? Like, like, because like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe they would at least be scared for their families, like when the killer was on the loose, but they weren't, were they? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a good point. (laughs) Uh, What did you guys think of their families overall? Actually, it's a good question. I think, and I was actually thinking of Booksmart when I watched this movie, because I think that one of the things that you had pointed out, that you had read, and I don't remember, oh no, we were talking about Alison Wilmore's uh, piece on BuzzFeed about how she thought that, like, the economics of the relationship in Booksmart wasn't played out to what it could have been, or what it should have been. Like, uh, Caitlin Deaver's family is very wealthy, and Beanie Feldstein's family, like, you never see her parents, and, like, she lives in this kind of dumpy apartment building or whatever. And I felt like here, there could have been more like, I think that there's a clear dynamic between, like, Storm living in, like, this beautiful house with these loving parents who are there for breakfast, and then Negasana Teenage Warhead's dad seems like a great dad to her, but, like, just sits and watches TV and just eats, like, you know, wreathed leftovers, and, like, she's kind of the mother to him. And I feel like if you're going to go to all of that trouble to set up the dichotomy of these two girls' backstories, do a little more with it. And I think that there there's one line toward the end or something about... You know, where Storm, like, in a fit of rage, says something about, like, you know, I wouldn't want to, you know, end up in a trailer like you and your dad or whatever. Like, like, like it's it's lying under the surface there. But I feel like there's such polar opposites, and I don't think they, they do anything with it. Like, it feels like the movie's setting up, like, to be, like, from different sides of the tracks or whatever. But, like, it doesn't do anything with it, I don't think. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it is true. They were interesting characters on the outside but we didn't really see that economic thing which is all too common though in these teenage films so uh, like i'm not too surprised they also one of them was motherless and they like maybe she murdered her mom like i was thinking that here's my other favorite thing that's like related but not important but it made me laugh there's a part where the quaid kid jordan he is my name yes. <laughs> and his dad 
are eating dinner at home and he like is carrying two plates that have like it has like a meat and a vegetable and then just like a piece of white bread next to it (laughs) which made me laugh which like is not it's just like it's a funny choice to like because somebody had to make that choice for the movie and it was like they just filled out the plate with a piece of white bread like a piece of wonder bread which giggle (laughs) but also maybe is very like high school kid and his dad eating dinner you know i don't know what do i know that's how i saw it you know like just this is you know what they consider a full meal i don't know (laughs) i mean it it was very juxtaposed to the other girls uh family and like the meals they were having so i guess that was the attention turned up to 11 for that i mean cool that you caught that (laughs) yeah yeah they did all three of the families ate meals (laughs) <laughs> if the filmmaker ends up listening to this podcast he's like yes I'm glad someone caught that you never know so anything else you guys want to talk about for Tragedy Girls? no I think I've uh, exhausted my my well of uh, Tragedy Girls facts <laughs> it's not just facts on this show it's analysis and I think both of you brought some awesome things to the table and if there's nothing else I guess you know it's, it's that time that time on the podcast where we rate the film now just a reminder we're rating on a scale from A plus to F so uh, Joey why don't you go first Tragedy Girls I'm gonna give it a B minus um, again I, I like this movie a lot I don't think that this is I don't think it's anywhere near my favorite movies of all time. I don't own this one. I thought I might have, and I thought I... Uh, I'm sort of surprised that I didn't, but I, I don't own this one. Um, I uh, I like it. I don't love it. I think it's good. I think there's some unique parts. I don't think that it's without its flaws. Uh, I'm just glad that we were able to talk about it. Yeah, and I think it's a movie people should see, you know. Um, Jordan, A plus to F. I give it a C minus because I wasn't... I didn't like it. I think it could have been a better, different movie. But I wasn't horribly offended by anything that happened. There were two women in it together, and that's cool. And, But if you ask me about this movie in like two days, I'm not going to remember anything that happened. <laughs> like I forgot all the parts that I liked, and I just watched it. <laughs> well, I'm giving it a C plus, So I think we're all in like a similar range. I mean, that's not so bad. No F's here. No A's either. Um, it, it was enjoyable to me. And by the way, the critics really actually liked this film. It got 82% by the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty high. Um, the audience score, though, is 66%. And I think we all fall somewhere between that range, right? So, Joey, you were more in line with the critics. And, Jordan, I guess you were closer to that audience score. Um, so, I mean, makes sense. And again, it's a film that I'm glad I saw. And, uh, you know, I'll remember it, I think, after two days. <laughs> um, uh, but it's something that you know, I was happy to talk about. Now, let's talk um, one of my favorite things on this show, sleeping bags. What sleeping ba- <laughs> what Tragedy Girls-themed sleeping bags are you guys bringing to the slumber party? Mine is... It's just that girl with the, no, it's just that girl's giant glasses. 
<laughs> As a reference to her. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing enjoy? like one of those kind of uh, like the minimal, like I, I think I, like it's the, like the, the pop culture landmarks, but like the minimal, like, so it's like the Harry Potter glasses and the lightning scar, but like, this is just, just the glasses. <laughs> right. And it's a reference that nobody <laughs> would understand. It's like, oh, either. cool. That's Harry Potter. No, it's not. It's not, not Harry Potter. Yeah. Keep guessing. Cool. You'll, ne- you'll never get it's- there. It's the unnamed. It's the girl's name we don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Does she survive? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Well, did she? No. I... Did everyone die in the fire? Maybe. I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then oh, she one died thing, in the fire. One thing I do want to. Do you think she went to prom? Was she at prom? Oh, she was at prom because she drank the yeah, punch. Yeah. She hid the punch. Yeah, um, and she told and she told the girl that she loved her. Mm, yes. Or something. I do like the idea, and I don't think we're ever going to get a sequel, but I do like that they could go on and make, like, a sequel in college, like Tragedy Girls 2, because they're off going to college together, and, like, they're not done murdering. Like, they're they're famous now, but, like, they're going to need to keep having that sweet, sweet content, right? So they've got to... That's, uh... That also could be an interesting movie to kind of semi, like, D-list famous women murdering people. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> Also, funny you brought up the glasses thing, Jordan. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen. Um, it's like a website that makes posters called Pop Charts or okay. Pop Chart, and I have one just of famous people's glasses. So, I, oh, I love that. I pictured it. Yeah, it's hanging in my living room. We're looking at it right now, and I pictured what exactly what you were saying, unlike the way they design it on that sleeping bag. Joey, did you say your sleeping bag? No, I did not. I have I have one though. I thought of it while watching the movie. Um, Tell us. So it's something that we see on screen throughout this movie is when people are liking and reacting to their their tweets. I want a sleeping bag, and this is both like a Periscope thing and a thing that they do for Twitter in this movie, of just like the the laughing, crying emojis and the heart emojis and the thumbs up emojis just sort of like floating through space. So like it's like a sleeping bag with those just sort of speckled all over like people are reacting to me sleeping. Yeah, I, okay, I could see that. I'm glad none of you went for like the gory approach on this i don't want to sleep with that (laughs) fair fair (laughs) all right so my next segment joey you alluded to it earlier Uh now jordan i know this is the first time you've heard this segment because it's rather new i mean i don't know it's like a couple months old still so picture yourself back in the day you were in that blockbuster you know you're going to the slumber party we've rented Tragedy Girls, and each of you get to pick one more movie for our rent to get one free. And then we'll have three movies for the slumber party. And I've been, when I remember to, I've been asking, and I'll ask you guys after, what order we'll watch them in. But first, pick a movie each that we'll watch on the slumber party. Is it is it now? Like, yeah. it's October. Time, well, time and, well, it is now, yes, but time and space doesn't matter. Like, okay, I know what mine is. Go for it. It's Hellraiser for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and what what are some of those reasons? Okay, well, okay. So Kara and I talk about this all the time, about how when we were small and we went to video stores, like we went to Blockbuster, the horror section was so scary. Mm-hmm. And the two scariest box covers were Hellraiser and Silence of the Lambs. Like, by far. I couldn't even tell you what the other box covers were because I was too busy literally running past those two covers. Um, and I've, I saw Silence of the Lambs, you know, a long time ago for the first time. 
and then was no longer scared of the box. Well, I'm not scared of the box covers anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. Let me clarify. I'm okay now. Um, Well, so, and, but so I never saw Hellraiser until like last week and it was so good. Really? Yeah. I liked it so much. I remember... Um, just real quick, I remember growing up and my cousin describing Hellraiser and like Pinhead and like how scary Pinhead is. And then when I finally saw Hellraiser, I was like, oh, he never saw that movie. Because it's like this like weird psychosexual drama that's yeah. like not <laughs> yeah, really Yeah, it a really horror. is. Really? Like, With like, like he... a monster man who's made of bones and then yeah. he's just made of, like, he's disgusting. <laughs> It's like incredible. I think, Jordan, I think like what you thought. I think everybody, like I included, like I thought it was like a, a slasher movie, like a friend, because there's like nine of them or whatever. Yeah, because I think covered, after like, this one, it kind of was like it, that is kind of uh, what it, it is sense. after this. But like the like the the uh, what's his name Pinhead. Yeah, and all the other oh, I forget what they're called. They have a name. All the other demon people are barely in the movie. Right. And, it's about but, like a, it's about a relationship like falling apart. What? Really? Oh okay, no. Okay, it's not even. It's about a man who is like a he's crazy and he gets this crazy box and he tries to solve the box puzzle and gets taken to hell <laughs> where these demons torture him and then the Cenobites, the Cenobites, Cenobites, the Cenobites. Yeah. And then and then this woman that he had been in a relationship with. She marries his brother, who's, like, the biggest, like, lamest pushover. He's, like, the exact opposite of his crazy dead brother. And then, so then they move into his house. Frank, his name is Frank, the dead guy. And they move into his house, and his brother accidentally cuts himself and bleeds all over the floor in the exact spot where Frank died, and that brings Frank back alive, except only a little bit. It was, like, just enough blood to make him a little bit alive, and then the woman realizes this and then has to murder a bunch of people so that Frank can eat them so that he can be kind of actually really alive again except not really because he's been to hell and he died so he's just like crazy and scary and then all these demons come back because they're after him and the guy the new husband's daughter gets a hold of the box and so she gets involved it's just like it's nuts (laughs) It's nuts and it's perfect. Ooh, and wow. the demons are so creative. Like only Pinhead looks like Pinhead. All the other ones look different. They're just less famous than Pinhead, but they're beautiful. Wow. I mean, anyway. I, I would never have guessed. Anyway, you should watch it. <laughs> and I will say that uh, Real Bad before they ended covered. Oh boy, uh, like nine of them or something. Like they talked about so Whoa. many Hellraiser movies. Really? Uh, like are... in in multiple episodes. So they did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out right now. They did like four or five standalone movies, and then they did like in their one of their final two or three episodes, they did the final four because the guy who was Pinhead uh, went away. Like he, they, they wanted to like re up or something. Like there's something like kind of like contract or or script dispute or something, and he walked away. So they didn't cover those. They covered the original. Then they cover. I think they covered the original not because it was a bad movie. But I think, but because I think it's a misunderstood movie, and because Nick wanted to cover all the other ones. Then they did Hellraiser or Hellbound, Hellraiser two. Then Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth. Then Hellraiser Bloodline, and then they did the final four Hellraiser films uh, in episode ninety eight. And those were da 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 da. 
Yeah, we didn't even list the names. Yeah, there's there's like eight of them that they covered. So if you want to know way too much about the Hellraiser movies, go check out Real Bad. <laughs> will do, will do. Joey, did you say yours? No, right? No, not yet. Uh, so my movie is a movie that I, I'm, I, I'm trying to decide if I if I if I would want Jordan to watch it or not because I feel like it's very similar to this, but I feel like maybe more age appropriate. And so maybe you would be able to connect with it more, but I also think you might hate it. It's a movie (laughs) called Like Me, I think also from 2017. Let me get the year. Also from 2017. Uh, It stars Addison Timlin, who I love, who I adore. Um, And she wants to become insta-famous, basically, by uh, doing sort of Facebook Lives and YouTube Lives or whatever of her committing crimes. And it's just like this neon soak dripping in just like saturated colors and like neon colors of this. It's again, like 100% me in a movie, uh, just <laughs> her getting through the world and just trying to become famous by doing crimes. And I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that there is, like, I don't like it. Like, I think I like it about as much as I like Tragedy Girls, which is just to say, a lot, but not incredibly a lot. Like, enough to recommend, but not enough to, like, watch obsessively. But I think it's, like, a fascinating kind of movie. And I think it's kind of, like, a darker, less campy, sort of grittier take on what Tragedy Girls did or tried to do. Yeah, I'm looking at the poster now. That It's a very sexy poster. Do you know this, like, horrible thought I just had about myself, too? This is This is who I am. Remember before when I was like, yeah, it can't just look cool and then I'll like it. I looked at the poster and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'd like that better. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great poster. (laughs) I'm the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, and I don't mean this as an insult because I think you'll agree. The palette you like in films, like that neon soaked palette... Yeah. I don't see you as like a neon-soaked human being, if that makes sense. No, and I think that's why I like it because I think it's the opposite. Like Mike talks about in all these, you know, I think Mike's like l- l- thing lately has sort of been like, I like this movie because it shows me the type of perspective that I don't normally see, right? Like I feel like he said that on a bunch of podcasts lately. Like I like the idea because I can see it through like a high school girl or through like a you know an aging couple or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it just it's it's putting you in the mindset, and I feel like it's so far removed from reality that I just I love it and that's what I that's what I want you know I I want that neon drenched hyper realistic saturated not quite down to earth but also commenting on reality or whatever like that's that's what I want awesome I mean I'll definitely check out both those films so anything you guys want to plug your shows or anything cool in your life I don't know uh you know listen to wistful thinking me and Kara Gail O'Regan make that one where we watch, you know, old stuff. We're just about to finish. When does this come out? November 1. Uh, oh, well, we just finished Spooky Month um, where we watched some movies that weren't as good as Hellraiser. I actually would say they weren't even maybe as good as this movie. Wow. Uh, although we haven't recorded the final one yet, and I'm really, I have my fingers crossed, but I don't have high hopes for it. Did you remember what it was going to be? Because in the last episode of Wistful Things, yeah, we, we were, remembered right after. We remembered <laughs> after we had stopped. It's Idle Hands. Hmm, Idle Hands. I don't think I've seen that one. All right, it's Seth Green and Devin Sawa and Eldon Henson. Wait, have you? Did you see that? There's a new. It's a uh, Geico commercial with Casper in it. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, callback. It sounds wise. like Devin Sawa too. I don't know, or was he just the boy? Did he do the voice or no? I 
think that's a good question. I, I don't know. don't know his connection to that movie. The first episode of Wistful Thinking? Uh, it was your episode. It was my episode. You watched Casper a lot when you were I small. I loved Casper. I, I didn't know who Devin Sawa was when I was a little boy, though. Um, I knew who Michelle Trachtenberg... Like, Michelle Tra- I guess Devin Sawa to you was Michelle Trachtenberg to me, like my, my childhood yeah. crush. Um, yeah. But it's like, you know, I can't believe that we're haunted by uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And he just shows up and he's just noisily eating popcorn. But it's Casper. Like, it's adorable. Yeah, I just saw that today when I had Freeform on in the background. (laughs) Oh, it all comes full circle. Joey, anything you want to promote? Do you have any shows? Um, Are you active in the podcast community? Do I have any shows? Um, Speaking of Cara Gayla Regan, she is on our entire lap, this lap, of Too Fast, Too Forever, the podcast I do with Joe, too, who was just on this show... No, he was just on Foodie Films, Foodie Films. Uh, but he has been on the show. He will be on the show again. He, you know, fancies those Lifetime esque and Lifetime movies. Um, November first. So we just did our pit stop on Hyperdrive, the Charlize Theron Netflix American Ninja Warrior for Cars episode. Uh, Carol will be joining us on Tuesday, November fifth, to talk about Fast and Furious, the reboot, number four. Um, so that is uh, very exciting. And I think, you know, through two movies, they're sort of mixed reviews. Kara uh, liked one a lot and didn't like one very much at all. Uh, Wait, so you're skipping, you're doing, you're doing We're going to do Tokyo chronologically. Later. We're trying chronologically. Okay, interesting. Oh, I've never spoken to a person who's watched them like that. Well, we figure we can time. kind of, okay. the Kara is like sort of a guinea pig, right? And so what we're going to do is... And I'm going to keep this vague in case Carol listens to this. Is that when that thing happens, like we're gonna we're putting three later because three happens later. But then remember when that thing happens at the end of six, that yeah. then gets the reveal for seven. I told Carol like when when you watch six, I need you to stop the minute the movie stops, like the minute the credits start, stop the movie. Like, do not <laughs> and watch then we watch Tokyo Drift, and yes. then you watch that. Wow. Correct. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's and cool. we're not sure because like we've had people write in and they're not sure if it's going to like because I think a lot of the emotional weight of later movies comes from liking that one character early on, and I don't know. Because, like, we're also having Carol watch, like, we had her watch the Turbocharged Prelude, and we're having her watch Los Bandoleros, and you meet a character that becomes more important, and, like, it's, like, a whole thing, and I don't know if she's going, I don't know if, I don't know how it's going to work, and I'm fascinated. It's, like, this, like, science experiment that we're running. I love it. Can I tell you, you did the nicest thing. So, I have to work really hard not to talk to Kara about any of the movies, and I said that to her on the last podcast because we spent five minutes of me going like, oh, I want to tell you this thing about the second movie, but I can't. You have to talk about this in another podcast. And Joey was like, uh, if you want to just like give us a list of questions you want to make sure we talk about, we can do that. <laughs> That's awesome. So he kindly is letting me participate if I choose to, even though I'm not actually on this lap. It's a fun lap. I mean, it's, it's a... It, I'm, I just love when things I've seen a million times are seen with new eyes, for better or worse. So. Well, I will give a, a – it's not really a spoiler or exclusive because we've talked about it on Too Fast, Too Forever. But I think in two laps, so lap seven, because I think I want, we want to try to alternate, like, um, can sit, like, the lap with everybody the same as opposed to laps with, like, where people are different. But I think Nico and Kevo of HTML, who have never seen these movies, are going to do an entire lap with us, I think. And then I think uh, my friend's girlfriend, who is, like, Twitter famous-ish. Uh, she's like a big kind of deal in the comic book community. Uh, she's never seen any of them either, so I think she might do a lap down the line too. Like, I'm just... I want to, like, keep coming up with new weird experiments to, like, 
basically test out on people and see if like this hypothesis of what the right way to watch these movies is like i think it's fun to go through you know nine episodes in a row or whatever and just see what people think of these movies here's what i'm so curious about for specifically because i know that it's kara doing them in that order is that like the is tokyo drift came so long years before when it actually takes place chronologically in the series yes and so the fashion is off and so (laughs) oh yeah you're right the fashion the hair the eyebrows it's all incorrect for where it's actually going to fall when she watches them. And I just, like, I'm wondering what that experience will be like because her and I are people who notice and talk about that kind of thing a lot. Absolutely. That is going to be exciting for sure. Yeah. Well, we all have a future date on this podcast. Um, I've mentioned it in the past before. Uh, Joey, maybe you know which film I'm talking about because I've discussed it with you. Oh, I do, I do, I do. With uh, We're adding in Mike Manzi, too, right? Yes, we are adding in Mike mm-hmm. Manzi. Jordan, we talked about hot dogs before. This is the original hot dog movie. Wait, what? There's I've a booked, movie I've that... to you without your permission. Are we watching Flying again? Yeah, yeah we are. <gasps> oh, my dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe next Wait. year we'll fit it in, but the great... Jordan, would you say that you're dreaming to believe? <laughs> Always. <laughs> the great Always. Flying, a.k.a. Dream to Believe. What's the other title again? Uh, I flying, know. I Dream of Flying, and Dream to Believe. Yes. The great reboot of that with me is coming to High School Slumber Party at some point. So Cancel everything else. <laughs> We're doing that next week. <laughs> oh, so man. good. I can't wait. I, I... I own a bootleg DVD of it because you can't have a real DVD. Of it. It's not a real. It's a real movie, but it's not a real movie. Oh, I thought I Nobody had a real owns... DVD. Do I, have a, I, don't, do I not no, have a real DVD? I'm sure. I feel ninety percent sure that somebody just like made it and sold it on eBay, and that's what we bought. It's also entirely on YouTube too, if you want that. So. I know that's oh, really? yeah, that's where I watched it the first time, but then I had to own it. Man, it's a it's a it's a joy. I I I've only seen it the one time. I have zero recollection of how Keanu like what he does in the movie. I don't even remember. I just remember like I don't I don't want to spoil anything. It's it's incredible. Earlier this year. Uh, Mike Manzi and I did another film directed by the same director, Prom Night, the first Prom Night. So we, we thought it was fun that that director directed this film. And I've never seen it, but I hear such great things and I've listened to the podcast on it. So I can't wait. And I can't wait to have you guys back on, that's for sure. Well, the last little selling point that I will make for that movie, not that it needs any more, just because the joy, like you can hear the joy in Jordan's voice when she talks about flying. <laughs> it just has everything. It's, it's a movie. It has a hot dog, first of all. It has a hot dog scene so funny that I had to pause it to laugh for minutes. And then it has a gymnastics off yes. outside. Yes. <laughs> It it just has everything. It has wow. the cat. The ugh, I can't even. We'll talk about it. It's gonna be a whole episode. I'll stop. <laughs> but what <laughs> I will say right now is that the original run of Keanu Club was like seventy episodes, and it almost killed me because he was like that. I think you know, Brian. Like that, he was in high school for like eleven movies. <laughs> like he just did so many after school specials and then like actual movies, but like you know these like low budget and like Canadian releases and like it was awful and like there was a real structure i was like oh this was a terrible mistake (laughs) and in the end between that movie between flying and between the man of tai chi which is a movie that keanu directed and plays the villain those two movies are good enough to negate all the bad stuff in keanu club like 
flying is so wonderful that I would sit through. Well, and through... was such a surprise, too. That's like, the we wonder didn't of it. didn't know what we were watching. And you just signed up because you saw gymnastics. Like, you saw the word gymnastics. You're like, yeah. yeah, okay. But, like, there can be a bad gymnastics movie. This is just, like, it's fiery on all cylinders. <laughs> well, I definitely can't wait. This is this is going to be a big one, I'm sure. I, I know probably, you know, it might not draw any new listeners in, but I think those of you guys who listen to High School Slumber Party on a regular basis are going to enjoy that one, that's for sure. Um, well, thank you guys, though, for coming and talking about Tragedy Girls. Really appreciate it. And closing the Women in Horror month plus that we've done here. And uh, again, can't wait to talk to you guys again. I hope it was good to you, Brian. I hope you enjoyed this month. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Even though I didn't like this movie, that's okay. I like sitting down and talk about stuff I don't like. <laughs> well, again, really appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for lifting our spirits and waking us up out of our candy coma from our Halloween party last night. That was a really fun movie, like looking back and listening to that. And that was a really fun episode. We'll have that group on again. I mean, as we teased, so (laughs) I can't wait for that. And a lot of thank yous. I I was, well, I should thank you for still listening. And I just want to apologize for waking you up before and being groggy myself. Uh, You know how it is. It's that high school slumber party lifestyle. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, big thank you for Kyle for helping us pick out our Halloween cereal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, you might have had the day off for Halloween, because that's how we run in this school district. But guess what? Your sophomore year is still in session, and you have some homework. Your homework for next week is to watch a little film by a director who's much more famous now than he was then, Ryan Johnson, starring a guy a lot of people like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The film is Brick. Brendan? Emily? I really screwed up. Screwed up how? The brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me. Slow down now. This isn't good? No. Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink, like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you gonna do? She asked for my help. I just wanna know if she's okay. So what's first? I'm gonna start shaking things up. So you didn't know this boy? No, sir. Never seen him. And he just hit you. They asked for my lunch money first. Good thing I brown bagged it. You're coming into a certain situation. It's twisted. I'm looking for Emily. You left her? Yeah, I did. You better be sure you want to know what you want to know. Complicated. Everyone's got their thing. In the upper crust, the shady D's, they've got symbols so they can tell each other that we're getting around. Coffee and pie. Coffee and pie? Oh, my. Keep up with me now. You got a cigarette? I don't smoke. I've seen you smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. I thought we had orange juice. I'm sorry. Water's fine, ma'am. Thanks. Oh, wait a minute. 
We have apple juice. It's country style. If I get to the bottom, whatever this is. What do you want? Just to see you sweat. When it gets too hot. You got a discipline issue with me? Write me up or suspend me. I see that you're trying to help her. And I don't know anybody who would do that for me. You are dangerous. I set out to know put her on the spot. We put her in front of the gun. There's not much chance of coming out clean. Guest next week, he came highly recommended. He's a first timer. His name's Matt Delhauer, and I can't wait to talk about Brick with him. It's gonna be awesome. I just know it because he chose the film, and usually when they choose the film, they really like the film. And I haven't seen this film really in a long, long time. So I really hope you guys enjoyed our Women in Horror series. Brick is not a horror film, though it could be scary to some people. It is not a horror film. So that kind of ushers in what, you know, most of November and into December. And wow, wow, can't believe how fast this year went. But I hope you enjoyed our, like, September into October women in horror thing. I mean, I thought it was a success. The movie certainly varied in tone and even involvement of women top to bottom. Some just starred women. Some were even directed and produced and starred women and it was great uh, maybe we'll do something similar next year or maybe we'll won't have to wait till halloween i was so glad for all my guests that i had during this wonderful wonderful halloween season let's see we had mike manzi twice we had cara gail o'regan we had island addington we had jordan Poland clark we had joey lundowski oh and how could i forget we had the wonderful Alexandra Schroeder. And guys, if really, I'm not just saying this, if you didn't listen to the episodes, go back and listen. You can find them wherever you're listening to this podcast today. I enjoyed the series again, and, and, and I know I sound like a broken record, but I really, really hope you did too. So don't forget to hit us up on social media and let me know what you thought of the Women in Horror series, or whatever you want to like let me know about the class participation has been going up. I love it. I saw some of you commenting on Jennifer's Bodies episode, like I mentioned. I saw a lot of people commenting on Tragedy Girls. So I, I hope you guys who commented are listening today. I mean, that would be awesome. I would appreciate that. Uh, social media, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Or you can email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. And Feliz Dia de los Muertos, which is tomorrow. It's one of my favorite, favorite holidays. I am not Mexican. I'm not Mexican-American. I'm actually Dominican-American, and we don't celebrate Dia de los Muertos. But I'm somewhat of a Mexican-file. Is that a word? Like, you know, I've heard of, like, Anglophile. But I love Mexico. I love Mexican culture. So it's always something that I really look forward to. And remember, let's appreciate culture, not appropriate. Uh, so, happy Halloween, Feliz Dia de los Muertos, and let's kick in November strong. I leave you with a song that was featured in this film, a beautiful song by the Everly Brothers. All I have to do is dream. 
Later, dudes. Ooh, happy Halloween. Dream. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.